You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 161, recorded January 9th, 2023. Topic for this episode is Vow of the Disciple Armor, Part 2. In case you couldn't tell this time, I am your host. I am Elamist. Hey, I'm Orchid. Hey, Orchid. Hello. It's been a while. Has it? I couldn't even tell. It's been 84 years. Yeah. Wait, did you say 2023? Yeah. Oh my god. Now I'm starting to doubt myself, did I? (laughs) Yeah, no, you did. I'm just gaslighting you. (laughs) Keep going. Oh, like most of the people I tried dating. Uh, so... (laughs) Story for later. So for podcast info... (laughs) <laughs> we encourage feedback that can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore at Hey, it's orchid or at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can find us on Instagram at guardians. So flore. You said the thing. <laughs> it's guardians of lore. All one word. No spaces, no underscores, nothing. You can leave us a five-star review wherever you find the podcast. And if you do, let us know about it. You can do that by jumping into our Discord. Uh, The actual invite is in the episode description. But if you want to type it all out, because sometimes that's easier, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. For your generosity. Finger guns. Pew, pew. Yes. Thank you for your generosity, finger guns. First finger guns of the new year. Pew, pew. (laughs) Uh, You can also find our info on thelordnetwork.com, alongside many impressive lore content creators. We're still there. There it is. So this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle. I'm not saying that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> like it's literally written in the show notes as Happy New Year. Yeah, I didn't want to write it all out. I'm lazy. Well, it did say Hap Burf Orchidu on it because that was when we were going to record the episode was back in November and then it just never happened. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, we got distracted with other things like existing. So like actually having a life outside of gaming. What? It was weird. I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, Right. That's pretty nice, actually. Like, this is the first time that's happened. I can't complain. I don't know how to react to it. It's easy. You just react to it and then move on. You're like, oh, ooh, it's nice. And then, you, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's been two months and I'm still reflecting on it. So, like, I can't. 
It's true. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> did um, you do the donning? I did. How was it? How did you feel about it? I, I feel good about it because it's a passive grind. Yes. Like it, it's literally play the game like you normally would, except, you know, it, do these few restrictions like use a void weapon or use a solar weapon. It's just play the game you normally would with restrictions. And then all of a sudden you have stuff you can collect. I grounded out in like the last three days of the, the dawning. Cause I, that was the time I was actually home. Right. <laughs> uh, what about you? I did it in the beginning because I just wanted to kind of get it over with. And I really wanted to wear the shiny new title of star Baker because I'm, if you didn't know, which I think everyone does, I'm a big great British bake off fan and I watch it all the time. <laughs> star Baker is like an allusion to great British bake off. So like on the show, if you are not aware of the show, you can watch it on Netflix but on the show, like every week, someone is given the title of Star Baker. So whoever is the best baker of the week, that's the title they get. So I was very excited that that was the title that they chose. And so I'm like, yay! So there's no Master Baker? <laughs> we went over this last time. There's no Master Baker because it sounds like... Oh my God! <laughs> You're not going to put your sweet cream on everything. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Christ. Rindle, you might need to cut that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He's leaving it. This is good kiss dicky on everything. Oh, God. (laughs) Um... But I really liked it. Um, I like the donning because it's everything is really pretty. The armor this year was so pretty. Oh, my God. Yeah. The shaders were so pretty. And the um, the scout rifle or the pulse rifle was really good, too, because it had really good rolls on it. And the weapon drops were really generous. <laughs> the very first pulse rifle that dropped for me was moving target Desperado. Oh my god, really? That's I, the best roll. What the fuck? I was like, oh, I am done with my grind. What the <laughs> fuck? You got the best roll. It's the first roll. Jesus. I got a bunch. Um, so Stay Frosty was the name of the pulse rifle. Uh, it did roll with Desperado, which is the one that everyone kind of wanted. Um, it also rolled with Headstone. So I actually have a really nice one with Headstone Thresh on it. Um, that I decided that I wanted to keep. Uh, it also rolled with golden tricorn. So if you wanted to try that one, it was actually kind of a pretty good roll. I have a tunnel vision desperado that I actually really like. Cold front, the submachine gun from last year uh, came back. So you had another chance at uh, getting that uh, submachine gun again. And it had some new rolls on it. And so did... So did the Zephyr sword and the avalanche machine gun. Yeah, but avalanche is garbage. Like, so. like all the donning <laughs> weapons were available. Yeah, 
Um, I actually, the sword, I, um, I got, what did I get on it? I got chain reaction on that sword <laughs> and it's super fun. <laughs> you swipe at something and just explosions. Uh, and it just kept going. <laughs> I was like, this is how this works <laughs> because it just like, I was running around on arc. It's an arc. It's a, a stasis sword, but I was running around on my arc character and I, I just, I hit something with it and it just like shattered through like all the thrall and Shirochi. <laughs> it just kept <laughs> going. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is how this works. Cause I never used chain reaction on a sword before. Yeah. It, but, it's, Oh my gosh. Think dragonfly or firefly, but instead of needing to get precision, it's just get a kill. Yeah. And it just like, they're all so close together because of just like the enemy density. Mm -hmm. It's like such a good ad kill sword. So I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I'm just like shrieking and killing stuff and like not even being like particularly careful on my kills. I'm just like running around being stupid. It was so much fun <laughs> because you had to get so many weapon kills for this stupid uh, seal if you wanted to guild it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so many kills. It, it was 2000 kills. I ended up being so frustrated after a while because I was like, and, why? And just to clarify for our listeners, it's 2000 dawning weapon kills mm -hmm. so like you had to use a dawning weapon and get those 2000 kills yeah yeah I, I got the seal I looked at the the gilding I was like hell no and I just I ended my grind there <laughs> but we are currently in the middle of a uh, season season of the seraph we are I totally like forget that we're in the middle of the season. Like sometimes we have all of these events um, like kind of in the middle or towards the end of the season. But this one was right at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. So it like distracted me from doing like the story and everything else. But we have the story each week. And then we also have the Seraph mission. Yes. Which dropped December 20th, I think is when that started. Yeah. So... That started at the same time that Dawning started, I think. Uh, possibly. I think it did. Yeah, uh, December 20th is a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and we had the Dawning for, what, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. So, yeah, that, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a big day. <laughs> There's so much to do. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... But talking about the story, so um, we got our, we got, we finally got Anna back. And Red. And Red. So Anna was like, hey, so, um, hey, so Rasputin, remember him? Um, we're trying to put him in a robot body. And I'm like, finally, fuck. Like, right. Took you long enough. God. Whenever my my clan was talking about speculation for upcoming seasons, this was always the story that came up. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know we kind of vaguely talked about the season um, in the last episode, but that was like the very first day of the episode of the season, I think, is when we yeah. had that episode. So like really nothing had happened yet. But she's like, hey, so I have this body. Um, it's my grandfather. Like, go say hi. And I'm like, wait a second. Stop. Right. You put him in a body? Right. Can you not do war crimes for like five seconds? <laughs> you dumb fuck Magoo. <laughs> like every single time she does things, she does things like really stupid. It, like when when we first got told this, I was like, is that body network to anything? Of course it is. Ugh. Turn his Wi-Fi off. Unplug his Ethernet. <laughs> God, like every single thing she does is so stupid. Like every single thing. I'm so disappointed in her every single time she opens her fucking mouth. Right. Every single time. Just like, could she not? Right. And then there's Elsie who actually is the the voice of reason going, this is a bad idea. Oh, Elsie, every single time she's like, hey, so um, this is bad. This is really bad. Let's not listen to him or get his help. And she's like, but we have to. And we're like, no, no, you don't. You are smart enough to do this on your own. Like, I like how Elsie's like, you have the smarts to do this. I support you. Yeah. That's Elsie. And yet Anna's like, no, we need the help of grandfather. Like your grandfather's a megalomaniac. Right? <laughs> He's psychotic. Don't listen to him. He literally wants to kill all of humanity or at least control them. Well, considering he was able to like he was willing to use his granddaughter as the beta test for his immortality. Like not just that he gave her a really sexy body. And I have so many issues with that. Can we talk about that for a second? (laughs) I mean, I'm not complaining, but um, (laughs) I mean, I'm not either, but I still find it incredibly gross that he gave her like a different sexy body than everyone else. Like everyone else got like the Kirkland special and she got like the sexy Elsie body. Just putting it out there. Everybody's running around with a Kia Forte and she's got a Lamborghini. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. She's got that DRS in the back. Like she knows what's happening. So she can go fast when she wants to. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Down they slash them. Uh, Anyway, like this cunt, though, he just like we had an ink plot cutscene. It was very good. Oh, yeah. um, do you want to go through it? Would you like to explain it? Uh, you just watched it, right? I did. It's been a hot minute since I have. Okay. So um, the inkblot essentially goes through um, the why Clovis created Rasputin. And he laments the creation of Rasputin. And he's like, I created Rasputin so I could control humanity. And like this bitch over here, like gave him art and like, (laughs) 
and all of this like feeling like touchy feely bullshit and like man i didn't want anyone else to find out that like i created him to like you know make sure that i could put my thumb on humanity and so i could destroy the travel because he essentially wanted to destroy the traveler and like replace the traveler with rasputin and be his own he wanted to like be god essentially right like he wanted to to replace our religious views of the traveler with himself right which i'm just like that's wild (laughs) why like i mean i get why because he wanted to be immortal and then wanted to be the traveler like he he wanted to be immortal and then he wanted people to worship him as a god like also also okay also also he's using the darkness juice in his robot body to be immortal and also wanted to kill the traveler like do you think that has a correlation or do you think he just like doesn't give a fuck i mean clovis is the next disciple when i no, like seriously like how much is that related or do you think that has no relation whatsoever? Like he invited the Vex onto Europa. That's his fault. Well, considering the reason he invited them was because the darkness pointed him in that direction. Yes. So I mean like how much of that I uh, like Clovis is the disciple of humanity? Kind of inadvertently. He's like he kind of is, but not like it's it's inadvertent like yeah it's like he didn't sign the documents but he's going that route he was yeah he was girl bossed into like being the like disciple of humanity or he was like literally tricked into it without even knowing right it's hilarious if it actually it would be more hilarious (laughs) if it wasn't so sad He's the Latifi of humanity. Like, he just... uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) For people who watch F1, that's like the biggest oof that you can give anybody. (laughs) I'm so sorry. He just crashes all the time. Like, he can't drive. I'm sorry. Like, Clovis just... So he drives as well as I do. Oh, God. You can't drive. (laughs) Exactly. You're not allowed to. Your eyes don't go in the same direction. Exactly. <laughs> it's illegal. I just have a medical reason why. <laughs> yeah, I know. Clovis is a robot. <laughs> he's got no <laughs> arms or legs. <laughs> no, he's just he, Tesla. <laughs> he had one arm. That's true. <laughs> Clovis had one arm. I know what that arm was for. And I... I, I I, I don't want to jump into spoilers yet because it's like we're still in the middle of the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. No spoilers. Um, but there was a point made in the ink block cutscene that um Clovis was like, if it wasn't for Anna like teaching Rasputin all of this bullshit, like art and music, and like she went so far as to teach Rasputin um, like all of the Tchaikovsky that is played all the time that you mm-hmm. hear in like all the ballets and all of the operas and um, all of the symphonies that you hear and all of this art 
that Rasputin loves and all of the stuff about humanity that Rasputin loves so much. And so Rasputin like garnered this love for humanity and wanted this to be this protector of humanity and like makes this point in the cutscene to say like I love humanity like so much. And so like has made himself the protector of humanity. No. Like against the wishes of Clovis. And that's like really important. Absolutely. But no, like there there was a line that that came from the story and I don't remember it word for word, but essentially it, it boiled down to the fact that humanity created Rasputin to be our god of war. And he wonders if Zivu played a hand in his resurrection, like in him getting in a, into an exo body and all that, simply because she wanted an adversary worthy of, of her powers. Oh, that's really interesting. Right. I didn't think about that. Right. Oh, that's wild. Because then essentially you're pitting two gods of war against each other. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And they're like using Zivu and oh, and they're using us and and the regular hive as pawns to like what to fight play their game of war. Like, I still think at the end of the season, this is still what I think is going to happen. I still think at this point, now that we have uh, the Seraph mission, so we have this. Uh, December 20th is when they're like, there's this like floating, um, this like, this floating station that's like a geosynchronous orbit above the the city. And we're like, okay, you've never mentioned it before. We've never seen it, but okay, we believe you. <laughs> we just kind of um, hear it and go, okay, why not? We're like, okay, sure. We believe you. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> This fucking game. <laughs> um, it looks just like uh, Deep Stone Crypt. They used a lot of stuff from Deep Stone Crypt, which is amazing because Deep Stone is like a my favorite raid because my favorite raid is gone now. So it's my new favorite raid. So <laughs> no, <laughs> because Scourge is gone forever. So this is my favorite raid now. Right. So I'm so now, sad. Now, my thing is, I like how they're doing these kind of missions. Me too. Do you mean like how they're using things and they're teaching you like bits and pieces of the raid as you yes, go on? Exactly. Exactly. Like okay. it started with the preservation mission with Witch Queen. And then we get mm-hmm. this one that's essentially teaching you little bits and pieces of it. Right. It teaches you little bits and pieces of the raid. So like it's not too intimidating when you jump in. If you jump in, I can say from um, from my little birdie, um, my little birdie friend, it was never meant to be as like something to teach you how to do the raid. They just thought it would be really cool. And they broke a lot of things to make it work because it was not meant to work in this way. That doesn't surprise me. These things were never meant to be used in this way. And they're like, wouldn't it be cool if? And they're like, okay. And then they made it. And it's really cool. And I'm so glad that they did. That, because it's so cool. It, it, for one thing, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. You know, they built the raid and all the mechanics for it to work a specific way. And these 
are not the ways they're supposed to be used. But I am so glad they did. I love that they have the elevators in it still. Right. Um, I love how they have bread hat and they have a little man hat and they have blue hat. I hate the fact that I know what exactly ones you're you're talking about. Yeah. Because you've done the raid. So, you know, and now everyone knows what I'm talking about. I hate that I know it. <laughs> I know. And in preservation mission, they have fish cars. So, I mean, like, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you know, everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows that work. It doesn't call anything by the name that you're supposed to be called. No. No, not at all. Why are you in so much pain? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, <lol>. <laughs> but the mission is amazing. It's fun to, to go into blind. The lasers, um, like right at your ankles, fucking killed me so many times the first time I did it. <laughs> Well, and and so the first time I did it, I I went in completely blind. It it was like a week or two. Yeah, I think it was two weeks after it it got implemented. So, like, I went in completely blind. I got stuck in the room that, like, you have to use scanner to look at two different rooms. And then you lose scanner before you enter the one room you have to traverse. I was stuck there because I had no clue what the hell I was doing, and I kept stepping on the wrong thing, and the entire room went, whoa. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you have to remember the floor. Uh-huh. And then you had to uh-huh. hit specific consoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but like when I did it, like, I did it the first night it came out, but mm-hmm. I did it with two devs who've run it dozens of times in bug like smashing things. So they like blew through it. And I was just like running to catch up because they've done it so many times. And I was like, fuck, like this is not the way to do it. <laughs> so I was like vaguely disappointed because like I couldn't just kind of like hang out and enjoy it. I would have figured that they would have held back and just watched what you've done. They kind of did because they wanted to see like what kind of dumbass things that I was trying to do. <laughs> they, wanted to, <laughs> they kind of wanted to see. They did uh, push me off a ledge like when we got outside to the jumping puzzle because they wanted to me to they wanted me to fall like in Halo. <laughs> because they're like we put this in. Um, like as a joke and then they left it in because they thought it was funny it is it really is it was very funny it's very good so and and funny enough the uh the jumping puzzle from Mm -hmm. deep stone is actually in the mission that's what i like about it that it's not in it and also that it's not um deep stone lullaby well, it's its own thing well, and no, i like, like it the the platforms that you you like the mm-hmm. entire jumping puzzle for deep stone is in the mission oh like i went exploring oh we just come in in a different part don't we yes 
Oh, I was wondering because I recognized a lot of it. And so we just okay. And, and you know the 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 part with the really difficult jump, the one that like mm-hmm. it it's that panel behind where you came in at, and there's one across the way, but like it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, the platform where the panel is. Uh huh. Is the jump up after like all those small little jumps in deep stone? Like there's a, a specific spot oh. in deep stone where like there's these long platforms, um, very narrow, but they have like a small little spot on each of them, just big enough for you to land on. And there's like three or four of them. That you have to like get across, and then there's this this double right. or triple tier jump up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where it is. I know the spot you're talking about. Right. I started piecing the two maps together in my head, and I'm like, oh. So then, That's so funny. I turned around and started going through the the jumping puzzle backwards. And I just so clever. And I discovered that it's it's the deep stone jumping puzzle. They just repurposed it. That's so funny. But like in universe, it makes sense. You're making space stations. Why not use the same schematics? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Right. It makes sense in universe. So I'm just like, oh, we just came like. There's all kinds of things I love about this mission. There is also um, something else that's really great about this mission. What are you shrieking about? The great thing that I was going to say is that you finally know the location of the last city. Oh, yeah. There's that, too. (sighs) There's that, too. The worst. You're going to talk about the doggo. (laughs) Yes, I am. He's the bestest boy. Can I talk about the location of the last city first? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. So for the longest time, the lore community has been like, it's in South America. We all know this. And there's been no like definitive proof. We've just known this from like lore, Uh, mostly from um, from context clues from Amanda's lore essentially because they've walked to South America. Like uh, her mom died in Panama and they walked from North America to South America. And um, from God, what was it? The, the colony grenade launcher and from uh, God, what shotgun is it? Chaperone from, I think it's on the part of it's on chaperone and there might be, Because I think that's the one where her mom died is on Chaperone. And there's a couple others that have like context clues of like where the last city is. So there's like hints and there's like bits and pieces like over time. And there's been discussions on Reddit. Like if you search for it, you can find like the original Reddit conversation. And there's been stuff on Twitter and we've talked about it before. And also they have like the names of like spiders and stuff from like that are like in lore are all like South American and like Australian spiders and like, you know, Southern Hemisphere things. 
Anyway, so finally, someone like from the space station, you can look down and there's this like really weird little like mountainy region. And it's like unique if you look at it. Someone actually looked at like Google Earth and found that image. And it is right on the border of um, Argentina and Chile and realized it was an upside down portion of like this little mountain and places the city right on like Santiago, Chile. So there you go. The last city is in Santiago, Chile. So congratulations, guys. We found it. Uh, Case closed. Yay. All right. And and it looks just as developed as the actual like last city mm-hmm also um the mountains if you actually like look at the mountain range around santiago like look like the mountain range that the last city is in if you actually like zoom down into it on google earth it's wild so like you can see like you can see the mountain range and you're like, wow, this looks really familiar because it is. <laughs> Cause you're like, I've seen this a hundred times. That's cool. So it's really cool. And so it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. So uh, do you want to talk about the doggos? So he's the bestest boy. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. You can pet the dog. So, in the mission, uh, there, like right after the first boss, in that room, there is a door that requires 50 security drones to be destroyed. And they are all over. There's some on the moon. They're called raccoon balls. There's some security drones on the moon. There's some on Europa. There's some in the each of the battlegrounds, the heist battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. And there's some on the actual Seraph station, like in the mission itself. Well, once you get all 50, the door is unlocked. So, like, you can open it. You can walk through. Long jumping puzzle later, you're able to find a robotic dog. And we'll we'll get into the, the ideas behind it later. But, like, once you actually find it, it goes to the helm. And you're able to go back to the helm and pet the dog as much as you want. The triumph is called Yes, You Can Pet the Dog, which is amazing. The best triumph name ever. We've never had such a good triumph name in the entire game. I wonder if the Twitter account, Can You Pet the Dog, has posted anything about it yet. I don't know, but we definitely added them from our account. With video of the triumph name. <laughs> From our intrepid om- omnibudsman and army of bees. <laughs> so thank you, bees. Like all I all I know is like I was hearing about the dog and I was like, okay, that's that's cool. I want I want to get the dog. I hunted for all the, the drones, got them all like a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. And I Went through the Seraph Shield mission solo, as one does. I noticed that I hadn't died yet, and I'm like, "All right, you know what? I I want the dog more than anything, more than the flawless. So you know, let's let's do this." Mm-hmm. 
I only died. The dog is so cute. I only died one time and I got to the dog and I was like, oh my God, it is the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The death was worth it. Now, the question is, are you going to get the stuffed animal that goes with it? I want to. Yeah, because when you get the Triumph, you can unlock the stuffed animal in the bungee store because they know us. They know that we're going to buy the stuffed animal that goes with it. I know. Right. Mm hmm. But now, okay. so so the the one thing I want to get to to actually discussing is, do you think it's just a regular robotic dog or do you think it's an exo dog? Oh, God. Don't work. This is exo penguins all over again. I almost. I know. I cannot do this. Uh, I think this is a robot dog. I'm hoping it's a robot dog. If it's an exo dog, I, I can't. But if it's an exo dog, though, okay, okay, hear me, hear me out on this because I had a dog named Jib the dog when I was growing up named Jibby. Her name was Gabriella, but I hated that name. So we called her my boyfriend at the time, shortened her name from Gabby to Jibby to Jib. And then we called her Jib the dog and everyone (laughs) called her Jib the dog. Um, And it was G-I-B, Jib the dog. And even though I know it's like Gib, but it's Jib. And like I loved her to death. She was a half Chow Chow, half German Shepherd, and she looked like a golden retriever. Don't ask how that works, but that's just how it was. And um, yeah, she weird. was fucking mean too, but she was like the sweetest dog to like a handful of people. And then we'll fucking rip your throat out to everyone else. Um, but and she was huge too because like Chow Chow is really big. But it's our German Shepherds. They're huge. But she was really sweet. And I loved her. And, like, we had her for the longest time. And if I could, like, make her into an exodog and have her forever, I would have. And so, like, maybe this is just, like, Clovis, like, wanting to keep his dog with him forever. I don't think it's as simple as that. Do you know what? I'm a simple person, okay? I just want my dog. Well, no, okay. And, and, and hear me out. I, I looked at the model. It has a handle on the dog, like a service animal. Or maybe they just want it for easy portability. I think it's more that this dog was being prepared to help the, the trauma of becoming an exo that other people were going through. Or it was to help... The trauma of the exopenguins. That too. Because they were traumatized too. That too. Either way, like, he is the bestest boy or she, it. It's the bestest boy. Oh my God, it's so cute. And it's in the helm if you find it in the mission. We do know its name. We do? Its name is, yeah, we do. Its name is Archangel. Oh, that is amazing. Because I looked it up in the store. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's called the Archangel Dog Plush. So its name is Archangel. So like with that being its name, I wonder if you're right. And it's like a protector because like Archangel to me means like protector. Right. So maybe and maybe because it's on that station, maybe that whole station is Archangel like the dog is a part of the station so it could be because the station is protecting the city so it could be Archangel station and the dog is also Archangel 
Because we don't know the name of like, I mean, it's Seraph Station, but Seraph is also oh. an angel. So, okay. So, so you're talking about like the entire station is named Archangel. I don't know. I mean, like, it's just called like the Seraph Mission, but do we know the actual name of the station? I, I don't. I don't think we do. I don't know. Like, what's the name of the station? If any, we just know of, we just know it's the station, right? <laughs> If anyone knows the name, like, let us know. I don't know the name of the station. I just think it's just called, like, the Seraph Mission. Or is it is it Seraph Station? Uh, in, in the Triumph, it's Seraph Station. And the okay. actual mission is Seraph Shield. Okay. Then it's Seraph Station. Operation Seraph Shield. Seraph Station. But, like, but, but like that could be just, like, it could be the class of... of station or you know the, the class of of facility for clovis because i mean i mean seraph is like a seraphim which is like archangels kind of like a seraphim right so it's like the same thing so yeah it all kind of goes together it all plays into the whole like protector of humanity thing actually i i was looking at it more as it plays into the whole thing that clovis thinks he's god well, yeah, but it's also there, like the protectors, yeah, like of humanity. Also, yeah, the whole like very elitist, like because Clovis, you know, because Clovis. But yeah, same same idea. Yeah, I think that all goes together. Maybe it sounds as good as anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. We haven't had one in a while, but Lore Network ad? Yeah, Lore Network ad. Okay. Hmm. Attention, all Guardians active in the New South Wales combat region in Australia. Stand by for an all-hands VanNet bulletin. Guardian operative Ghost Sydney is organizing a meetup for January the 21st to enjoy the golden age tradition of lawn bowls, along with a quiz-style recap of Vanguard operations from the last quarter. Ghost Sydney is requesting confirmation of attendance as a headcount will be required. For additional details, please visit ghostsydney.eventbrite.com.au Come by and enjoy the company of your fellow guardians. That was a good ad. It was not a Lord Network ad. It was a Destiny ad. Yeah. S- surprise. Realize that afterward. Yeah. We do other ads that aren't just Lord Network ads. The new year knew us. <laughs> it's about helping the community. Yeah. We're helping our friends down under. Under what? <laughs> The Earth. (laughs) (laughs) The sky? I don't know. (laughs) So. uh, I was going to say your mom, but I would never wish that upon anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, brief intro to the topic. Uh Each armor set is a different story. The armor Mm -hmm. is obtained from the Vow of the Disciple raid. Duh. Duh. You wrote that down. I know I did. 
<laughs> uh, for the first part, go back and listen to episode 157. You had 158, and I had to change it because we inserted another episode in there. Oh. Oh, yeah. And this is Rolk liking the sound of his own voice. Who doesn't like the sound of their own voice? Literally everybody. (laughs) I was about to say me. (laughs) Except Rindle. Rindle loves the sound of his own voice. Oh, my God. I love the sound of Rindle's voice. Me too. I subscribe to Rindle's voice. Makes my panties wet. <laughs> what? I mean... Okay. I'm gonna read this you thing. Better. Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> okay. This is the Resonant Fury Mask. The flavor text reads, I see the void, and through this gaze, I learn to covet no goal. Void. Bereft. There is a chasm where my fulfillment should live. Today, you again gifted me purpose, my witness. A rapturous day by the old pattern. My fingers knitting finality once more. But now this purpose is equivocal, serving not the glorious abyss. The race, the Aslid, and their degenerate, clicking dialect have never known the enemy's luminous caress, will never know that caress. They are unnecessary destined to die in a paltry million years, still orbiting the same blue-white star that gave them sucker. Irrelevant. And yet... Your Your presence presence shall raise no more concern than that of a speck of dust blown off course by a distant sun. And you shall bow this people to our service, just as we enlightened you. Your value shall be their value. I was born in irrelevance, and yet, you cast me back down that well. I keep your sacred commandments, even this, closer and dearer than my own pulse. In your name, I bring crushing embrace by flame and glaive, my witness. Fleets of black to blot out suns and moons. The enemy flees, and I burn all trace of its passing. This is my supplication. But I castigate myself. Nothing is immaterial that is in your sight. My prayers offend my witness. And so, here and now, I tear them out. I shall learn to forge by night and whispers, and silence shall be your choir. Like, this seriously sounds like a fanatic in a uh, some kind of religion. I mean, I've not read this yet, so <laughs> this is my first time reading it. And, and I read it, like, almost literally a year ago. Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to go great. Um. <laughs> 
I mean, from what I've read, like, he literally just, this is, reminds me of the last thing we read, like, with Rolk. Yeah. Because he's, has that same, like, need to be like, hey, witness, so I'm doing your bidding, and I'm doing it so, so good. Look at me go. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Rolk is, like, Rolk is going, notice me, senpai. Yeah, look at how I'm crashing it. I'm literally crushing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's literally, I bring crushing embrace <laughs> by flaming glaive, my witness. The fact that he's like, this is my supplication. Like, he's, it's like those priests, the creepy ones. Like, there was one in, oh God, what? Which book was it? It was the um, the one where like Jesus had a baby, and then there was like the the secret like da Vinci like, Code, all, like the puzzle. That one, thank you. And there was like the priest was after them, or like the one that would like like beat himself with a thing. The Opus Dei. You know? Um, yes yeah that guy uh-huh he reminds me of him oh my god yeah rolk is like the opus day of like witnesses or whatever of like of disciples oh my he's god. like a super like he's like the opus day of disciples because like do you see callus doing this fuck no callus is gonna go take like a like like some sort of like mud bath and like eat chocolate right yeah he's not gonna fucking do that <laughs> he's not gonna do that at all but rolk is like i am a tryhard. i'm gonna be the best one out of everything and and you're actually you're not very far off um yeah he's castigating himself he's supplicating himself in front of this guy and even like in the last thing we read with both of them when we did the actual like lore book um, not the raid armor when we did like the raid lore book even the witness was like mm, you're a little much my friend and like put his foot on his face and like pushed him away the witness was like I'm not into like how much you're into this like can you take three steps back like I don't like this it's like that creepy guy that just like doesn't take the hint yeah like in in any movie that you you see like mm -hmm. he's the one that doesn't take the hint and just comes off super strong yeah but yeah like, pretty much you you called it right like uh, he talks about you know this is my supplication but i castigate myself uh castigate for anybody who needs to look it up because i did it means to reprimand someone severely so, like, he's reprimanding himself severely. It's just really interesting, I think. It is. Like, and again, like, it's it's him going five steps over that creepy border. And it's just, you need to bring it down about 20% there, Rolk. Yeah. Well, he can't anymore. I mean... Yeah, but <laughs> before, when he was still alive, you know, before we ended him. Yeah. Like, it's just, 
I mean, even at the beginning, he's like, I learned to covet no goal from the flavor text. Like, covet is another, like, very religious word. Yeah. I mean, we have all of these, like, very religious words. We have covet. We have... Um, A rapturous day. We have commandments. We have supplication. We so, have prayers. We have choir. We have... So, like, um, he's, he's viewing the witness as this deity. Even sucker is, like, a very religious word. I mean, even degenerate. No one calls anybody degenerate except super religious people. <laughs> like, you're only going to hear some fucking Karen that goes to church, like, religiously. A degenerate. <laughs> this isn't to say any Karen that listens to this podcast is a Karen. I'm just using that as a term. Yeah. But no, like it, it's it's boiling down to the fact that Rolk views the witness as a deity. Very religiously. Yeah. And and then you've got Callus who's just like He's just like whatever. La la la. Give me whatever. the power, whatever. Just yeah. Just make me you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at my cyberpunk neo wave, like, you know. <laughs> Like guys over here. God. Do you want to read the next one? See what happens? Yeah, sure. Cool. And these are the resonant fury grips. The flavor text reads I touched the void, and through this clasp, I learned to hold nothing. They are liquid fear, sealed within porcelain flesh, my witness. These oslid, whose service you require. I arrived as you bid, without ceremony or fleets, and for fourteen journeys around their star, I have stalked them in the dark, testing them to find even one who may serve as a warrior. I offer them every opportunity to unleash wrath upon me and prove their worth. And they cower, then bleed. Is it the death of my ego you crave as you dispatch me alone against these insects? But I comprehend the depth now of this commandment. Yours is a lesson in insight and sweet as their hemolymph may be. It is folly to spill it all myself. My violence inspires fear. Each new corpse comes daylight substrates accusations. They need logic, a cause and effect that fits within their understanding of the universe. Even when massacre comes from the black depths between stars, they must lay its accounting at the Tarsus of their most powerless. They divide. They appoint authorities. They see lines in the parched dust that exist only in their minds 
and they value these so, so dearly. They were killed to define them. Achingly nostalgic. My gift of enlightenment. I am free of Lubre, but I see its shape in these jostling masses, and this inspires me. You have bidden me sharpen their fatuous minds into a spear point, as you did on Lubre, but without showing my face to Calvin. So instead, I shall press my shape into the dust of this world and cast a generation of Oslid in my image, and they shall be my glaive. Interesting. Yeah. So he is only going out in the dark to kill. He's not being seen in the daylight. Right. So he's like a giant vampire. Although he is leaving the corpses so that they can be found during the day. Yeah. So he's just doing a bunch of murders and then he just leaves them for them to find. That's rough. So he stalks them in the dark and then he tests them to find a warrior. And it sounds like none of them are interested in fighting him because they're like, nah. And they cower and bleed. It's because they just don't want to fight, I think. Yeah. They're just super not interested in it. It it almost it almost sounds like they're a pacifist uh, yeah. civilization. Right. And it sounds like he was sent to a planet that hasn't even gotten the traveler yet. Yeah. So he was just sent to a planet to massacre them for like no reason. Just because the traveler might come. Well, well, no, like ultimately they're still trying to get that final shape. Right. So this is just a planet that's like on the, the giant chessboard of the final shape. That's that's how I'm looking at it. Hmm. These are just pawns in that giant chessboard. So he's just killing the pawns. Yeah. Or... He looks like he's shaping them because he shall, because he says in the end, you've bidden me sharpen their fatuous minds into a spear point as you did on Lubre, but without showing my face to cow them. So, because the witness is like, no, you can't, you can't let anyone see you, but you know, like do whatever it is you want to do. So he's pressing his shape into the dust of this world, probably by killing all of them or many of them. And casting a generation of Aslid in his image. So he's creating warriors by scaring a bunch of them. Because I mean, like, what would that do but by creating a fear and panic? But that would make people take up arms. Yeah. And I mean, that that would do that, right? Yeah. If there's a panic and like suddenly people are dying because they're being murdered and you don't know who's doing the murder, like would you not like take up a weapon to try to protect your family? It, yeah, it it would. Like it's, I see it as 
you know, it, it would lead them to that whole like, you know, let's start a mob. Let's, you know, fortify our defenses right. mentality. Like it's, it should lead them down that road. Yeah. I mean, it, he says in the paragraph before they divide, they appoint authorities. They see lines in the parched dust that exist only in their minds. And they value these so, so dearly that they will kill to define them. So they are saying like this other group did this when they clearly didn't because he did it. So they're seeing demons where demons don't exist. Because he's the demon. But they're blaming the deaths on some other group. So if there's like, let's say, the two different races and they're saying this other race did it, but they didn't. And now they're just becoming like a race mob. Yeah. And they're taking up arms against each other and they're going to go into a civil war. So he's just created a civil war on this planet without ever showing his face. It's like very cruel. It is. I mean, it's clever. It's awful. Right. Like the. I was about to to go there as well. Like, it's cruel, but I give him points for strategically doing this. Mm-hmm. Like he was very methodical in in what he specifically did. I mean, he probably with the fourteen years, the fourteen journeys around their star, he learned what probably what group to target like what groups held power which ones didn't and that like 14 years of study can tell you a lot yeah so that's just i I can't even imagine i can't either like that he's been there for 14 years i mean like how long does he live like, we don't know anything about his race. For as long as we spent with his race on his planet, he's been, like, touched by the witness. So now I, he's, like, other. Right. He's not Lubrayan anymore. He's something else. Lubrayan adjacent. Lubrayan adjacent. I mean, you're not wrong. I don't know. But I just, I, I don't know. I thought I would point out, though, like hemolymph. Uh, yours is a lesson in insight and sweet as our hemolymph. Uh, maybe it is folly to spill it all myself. Hemolymph is a fluid equivalent to blood in most invertebrates. Um, so it's like blood, but it's in like grasshoppers and stuff. Or starfish. So. Or. Uh, no. No. Kind of, I guess. I mean, yeah. Like arthropods, yeah, I guess like mollusks and stuff. I wouldn't... Starfish isn't the first thing I would have thought of. But like... (laughs) That's not like... I don't think of like invertebrates and I'm like, fucking starfish, those guys. I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but like when I'm thinking when they're talking about insects, I'm like, yeah, like like grasshoppers or like like bumblebees or something or like 
even like I don't know snails or uh, butterflies or something and you you just go straight to starfish this is what you go to starfish hey okay all you said was invertebrates and i did and in the actual reading i assumed he was talking you know these insects as in like these petty little creatures but then he said uh but then he said hemolymph and that means literal it means actual insects I didn't make that connection yet. (laughs) Okay. I still have yet to make that connection. Oh, okay. I just... All right. (laughs) I mean, you have yet to make that connection. We're talking about it right now. I mean, it's right there. We're now speaking of it. (laughs) Do you want to continue on? I don't know. I mean, I now I want to go back to the first one because he said that in their degenerate clicking dialect, which made it sound like they had like some sort of like pinchers for mouths. Like, I don't know, like some sort of insect could have some sort of like clicky mouth thing going on. And, and now they're talking about having hemolymph. So makes me wonder if they're you know some sort of fucking insect race hey you know <laughs> you, you know who else has a click and 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 is classified or taught, spoken of as an insect uh the elixir uh, the elixir yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yes god damn it okay <laughs> Fuck eyelashes, yes. All right, I'm gonna continue on. Read this. You must read this next one before we talk about eyelashes. Okay, <laughs> this is a resonant fury vest. The flavor text reads: "I feel the void, and through this experience, I learn that want is suffering." I am become circumstance, my witness, the unseen whim of fate that shapes the lives of one score of infants in the same temper of luxury and hardship that honed my infallible edge. Where their families lack, I gift them with prosperity, opportunity, and the elimination of obstacles. Where they would know softness, I introduce suffering for which there is no salve, snatching away those who may carry them and nourish frailty. My salubrious hand imbues strength, but far more critically, it weans them on immaculateness. They are self-made. They tell themselves and grow strong for their suffering. Should not all their kind be so capable? Is there, they conclude, any explanation for the failure that permeates their society beyond a sick sentiment for weakness? Their antennules quiver at the debility in their kind. Its stink disgusts them. 
the youngest of my brood. I named him Oon, has taken his first life. Stoked on emotion, his craft is sloppy, the hand of a child. But I have removed the shoddy traces of his outburst and vanished those who might find fault with such a child. He shrinks now from the anonymous endowments I lay as laurels for his conquest. I have permitted too much softness for the offspring. And I am left to ponder. Did you so attentively hone me into your blade, my witness? Or did happenstance and my own tenacity ready a blade for you to draw? This is fucked up. Yep. Like, he's he's leading kids to murder. He's like the Anakin Skywalker of the bug people. Except no, because Anakin killed the kids. Oh, wait, he's not because he I was going to say, no, 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 he's not letting the kids kill. He's he's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's not killing. the He's not killing the kids. He's encouraging the kids to kill. Yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> no, it's more like Jigsaw. Oh, OK. Do you think he painted the swirls on his cheeks himself or had someone do it for him? <laughs> Who, Rolk? Yeah. I mean. I think he would have to do it himself. He's not. No one's allowed to see his face. Right. Now, my question is, like, would it be red paint? And if so, like, how would anybody see it? I don't know. His skin is red. It's true. It's probably the blood of his enemies. I mean, that is the best red paint. Anyway. Yeah. um, mm. Listen to us talking like sociopaths. And Rolk is the biggest sociopath of them all. I mean, he yeah. has a brood and named him and the brood took his first life. I mean, the thing I want to point out is it's the youngest of his brood. So he's got other kids. Now, is the brood the ones who have killed or is it the brood just the children? Because he said he was like grooming a generation, essentially, of murderers in the last entry. I I think it's just all the kids that he's abducted. I don't think he abducted them. I think he's still doing it without them seeing his face. Without showing my face to cow them. So instead, I shall press my shape into the dust of this world and cast a generation of Aslid in my image. Yeah, they are self-made. They tell themselves and grow strong for their suffering. So they grow fat with strength. So like, yeah. So they're just out doing murders. He's leading them to murders. So he's just he's just watching kids and then just like leading them to murder and then like giving them rewards when they do murders. And then if people, like, see them do the murder, he disappears them. And this is what I'm getting from this entry. Yeah. Because he says, but I have removed the shoddy traces of his outburst and vanished those who might find fault with such a child. <laughs> He's like, I disappeared everyone who would find this child shitty. <laughs> yeah. 
What the fuck? He shrinks now from the anonymous endowments I lay as laurels for his conquest. I mean, yeah, if someone, if you did a murder and then someone started giving you gifts for it, that's weird. Like, I'm pretty certain this kid, like, did a murder because it was a, it was an emotion. Well, it was an emotional outburst. Well, and the kid didn't like it. Because up above it says, you know, where their families lack, I gift them with with prosperity, opportunity, and the elimination of obstacles. Where they would know softness, I introduce suffering for which there is no salve, snatching away those who may carry them and nourish frailty. Mm. So, like, he's creating these situations by, like, eliminating family members, by eliminating possibly livestock, crops. Like, He's creating these problems and pushing people to that brink. Where the families lack, you give them prosperity opportunity and he gets rid of obstacles. And then where they already have good, he gets rid of the good. Yeah. So he's communism. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. He's the great equalizer. (laughs) He really is. Yeah. He's the great equalizer in their suffering. Everyone is suffering right now. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, some people having some more and some people having less and having the entire community kind of supporting each other somehow, which no community is perfect obviously right like none of our communities are perfect like every community has its failings and you can't rely on any one community that's why you have governments that help that's why you have like if you're in a religious community religious communities help their members and that's why you have like you know like food banks and everything like that whatever yeah but um what he's doing is like nah what i'm gonna do is like kill your children if you have too many and i'm also gonna like kill your livestock but if you like don't have enough food like i'll give you some so all of a sudden people are seeing like children disappear or like children reappear maybe or like livestock are disappearing but then maybe they're reappearing at other people's houses so it's looking like people are stealing them like that could be happening. Absolutely. And and especially going back to the whole like, you know, he shrinks from the anonymous endowments I lay as laurels. He's gifting things anonymously. So it looks like either people just leave them there or or like it's kind of creepy. But it could be like he did a murder and no one knows he did it, but someone knows and is threateningly leaving stuff at your house. Like, right. I know what you did. Here's a gift. Right. Like, right. That's fucked up. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Right. <laughs> oh my God. Like, this is going deeper into psychological warfare than I was expecting. 
Oh my god, what even is this? Like, this guy, Rolk, what are you doing? Like, he's like, this is, I'm the hand of God. Like, no, like, what are, stop. Just leave. Just leave these poor people. Like, he is, he is like, gaslight gatekeep girl bossing an entire, like, planet of people. Yeah. God, that's that's fucked up. Yeah, it's really bad. Do you want to read the next one? Yeah. And see what happens? Yeah. And this next one is the Resonant Fury Strides. And the flavor text reads, I walk the void, and through this journey, I learn that no place shall embrace me. I find myself once more stalking the night, my witness, unknown as their final gasps. But my sojourns are no longer odios errands. I am no more a predator among the Oslid than the weaver is a predator of flax. Death creates gaps into which my progeny rises and stokes paranoia to tighten their fists. Each carapace crushed winds the clockworks my hands assemble. They no longer need my direct ministrations. My children have children. Some bequeath my lessons. The favored spawn are those who learned my lessons well. They converge on my shape, and unprovoked, prepare banquets of wisdom on which their kin gorge. They craft weapons, little more than hurled rocks standing in the long shadow the darkness casts, but enough to crack their world apart. Only Un disappoints. Frightened as he is now by his own potential for glory. I cut him free of my sucker. Obscurity is the crueler fate. You taught me the most precious lesson of irrelevance. Only purpose can be momentous. It is the moment of clarity that freed me from worldly soil. This final gift I withhold from my progeny. It is the most challenging lesson to teach, and I stand in awe of the elegance with which you revealed the truth to me. I cannot do the same without reflection. I have imitated myself all too well. But to imitate you, my witness, it is the one challenge to which I find myself unworthy. Ho, ho, ho. So Santa? we discovered. What? Ho, ho, ho. No. <laughs> Thank God. Merry Christmas. 
So happy Chrysler. So we find out <laughs> that uh, we um happy Chrysler. So uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> so we find out that um odios means serving no practical purpose or result. So that also each carapace crush wins the crocodile. The blah blah blah. They're fucking bugs. Okay, they're bugs. Yes. Um, they're bugs. Oh my god. <laughs> um, fucking bugs. So, um, we find out that the grand plan that the witness has is to teach Rolk a gross ass lesson, which is you cannot be me. Stop it. That's the lesson. And Rolk is like, you're right. I can't be you. <laughs> Being you is really hard. Well, even that, like he's like way more obnoxious about it, though. <laughs> right, like even then, like especially in that last sentence, you know. But to imitate you, my witness, it is the one challenge to which I find myself unworthy. Like, yeah, yeah duh. Like you're so obnoxious, Jesus. <sighs> He's the worst. He's the worst. Look at the worst. He sucks so bad. <laughs> like, I thought at the beginning, I'm like, Rolk is daddy. No, Rolk is a bitch. He's a bitch boy. Like, <laughs> Rolk is, he's a milky bitch boy. <laughs> like, Rolk sucks. He's just in his jammies. Like, he just, he's running around in his jammies trying to be good. He just wants his daddy's attention. That's all it is. He's gross. Ew. That that's Ew. essentially what it is. He's got daddy issues, mm -hmm. and the, he views the witness as his daddy. He's the biggest daddy issues. I've never seen someone with bigger daddy issues. Icky, icky. And that actually is a callback to our last one. Oh my god! Yeah, ew. But we do see in this is that is he says that they no longer need his direct ministration. So his children are having children. And when he says his children, he means the ones that he created to be murderers. Yeah. So his murderers are having murderers. And some are telling their their children how to be murderers. Some aren't, but some are. And when like, he says they converge on my shape, like he's saying like some are being murderers. Some are being the way I want them to be. Some are not. Like it's that entire paragraph, mm -hmm. you know, they, they no longer need my direct administrations. Uh, you know, they're having kids bequeathing my lessons. Like that's just giving me like Dexter vibes. Right. <laughs> right. It totally is. But I mean, <laughs> when I see all of this, it's like, it's very, the words they chose are very specific. Absolutely. Because it says, like, they converge on my shape. That is very specific. Like, we have weapons shaping, like, in the game. And it is called, they could have called it weapons crafting, but they call it shaping. So he is shaping those children into weapons. Yep. And we also shape our own weapons into weapons. But also, it is the final shape. Like, that is a word that keeps coming up like, time and again in, like, different connotations, but it's still, like, the same word that keeps cropping up. 
and they wouldn't use it unless it was important. It, it boils down to the fact that words mean something. Words have meaning, except when they don't. <laughs> but they craft weapons. They converge on his shape. It's interesting that they delineate between the two. Yeah. I think that's important. But his little his little oon uh, disappoints. And so he's no longer in the club of murderers. He was cut free from being a murderer. Yeah. So was he supposed to be his own disciple? Was that what he was trying to create him as? Because, like, it was the youngest of the brood. Right. It was the youngest of the. But the well, one with the most potential, though, he said in the last one or two times ago. Was it the last one? It, it was, was the last, last one. one. Uh, the youngest of my brood, I named him Un, has taken his first life, stoked on emotion. His craft is sloppy, the hand of a child, but I've removed the shoddy traces of his outburst and vanished those who might find fault with such a child. Hmm, maybe not. It just He's the only named one. I, I think it's more of just like, hey, the youngest that I had is finally, you know, a murderer. Mm-hmm. Finally doing murders. Honestly, it sounds like Un did like one murder and then did, doesn't anymore. Doesn't want to do it. And that disappoints Rolk. So then he's like, all right, you're out of the program. You know, it, it makes me believe because Rolk compared Un to himself. In the last paragraph from the last one, I'm left to ponder. Did you so attentively hone me into your blade, my witness, or did you happenstance or did happenstance of my own tenacity ready a blade for you to draw? And so I'm wondering if Rolk was the youngest and also super murdery. Right. And so is that why he's comparing himself to Un like so readily? And that's why he's like disappointed in Un specifically. I'm trying to remember the the book, um, you know, the, the Shattered Sons book. Mm -hmm. And I just I, I'm thinking he was the youngest or one of the younger. Either the youngest or the just considered the runt. I think he was considered the runt, actually. Because like that, that sounds like a, a typical trope. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's always the runt that becomes something. I don't know. I can't remember it now, but it sounds like that's it sounds true. Off the top of my head. If anybody happens to actually remember, let us know. I don't remember, but I mean, it sounds because he's specifically pulling Oon out like that sounds familiar to me. Right. At this point, he's but, making that connection. Yeah. If it exists or not. He does make the point in the end of this entry that you taught me the most precious lesson of irrelevance. Only purpose can be momentous. It is the moment of clarity that freed me from worldly soil. And that was the the purpose of when he was in the void. In the pit. Like in that chasm. In the pit. Yeah, in that chasm. In that void when he like met the witness in the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that like kind of was that shock and he can't give that to them. So they're never going to get that momentous like shock of knowing their creator, essentially. 
So while Rolk was shaped by that darkness and had that moment um, before like the darkness really descended. But I mean, Rolk's circumstance is so different from the circumstance with them. Like it's not. Yeah. I mean, the, he had the traveler and the darkness. They don't have either of those things. He just, they just have Rolk. You know, they don't have pyramid ships there. Right. Cause he went without the fleet. Yeah. They had when the witness, like I thought like the pyramid ships were there, like, like against the traveler when Rolk was turned into like the disciple. Right. I don't remember. I think so. Like, I think the fleet was there. Like, the fleet was chasing down, like, the Traveler. Could be. And, or was and, on the way. Well, and, and, I mean, that's always been the case. Right. I think it was on the way. I don't think they were... They might not have been there, but they were on the way. If yeah. I remember, like, the paintings from inside the raid, at least. Yeah. And so, the circumstances are so different from Rolk's childhood and like his becoming i guess so comparing that his coming of age his coming his coming out <laughs> his, his creation we'll call it that that's i think that's like the best description you can't compare the, it's almost like comparing like apples to bananas it's they're similar but not at all at the same time you know yeah. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I, th- I think you hit it on the, on the nose. Like, the witness was able to do it to Lubre and to Rolk because of specific circumstances. And those circumstances don't exist in the same way on this world that, that Rolk is on now. He's trying to make them into him. And it's just not going to work because circumstances are different. And I, th- I think that's actually the witness's point. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. You know, it, I cannot do the same without reflection. I have imitated myself all too well. But to imitate you, my witness, it is the one challenge to which I find myself unworthy. Where was that one again? The very, very end of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... It's that's the lesson that the witness was trying to get across is that I was able to make you because it was the right circumstances. You cannot be me no matter how hard you try. Should we read the last one? Absolutely. Cool. So this last one is a resonant fury cloak. And the flavor text reads, I wear the void, and through this empathy, I learn that only my will endures. I have failed you, my witness. I taught the Aslid to build a tower to heaven upon a foundation of sand. I hemmed for ten long cycles over that final lesson in irrelevance, and in the end, My pupils exceeded my ability as a teacher. They tumbled. A sunset of atomic fire scrubs all but lichen from this arid globe. 
But Un stands before me, last survivor of his pointless kind. While he proved deaf to the lessons I taught regarding his people's worth, he devoured all I taught him of tenacity and made of it his core. He alone among his people saw the pattern in my killings, in the ascension of children whose backgrounds mirrored his own. My duty to you failed. The greatest flaw in my handicraft stands before me. And yet, I find myself burdened with pride. He levels a weapon on me, and it occurs that I never learned what they call their devices. It is as irrelevant as everything else that made up their culture. But he is the first to stand and face me. He dashes hate against me and breaks. He does not know my name. He does not know my purpose. And he demands, then implores, then begs. He prostrates himself on the floor, his carapace racking with convulsions as if mourning milks the sorrow from his flesh. And I am weak, my witness. I whisper, I am Rolk. Devoid of context, it is as meaningless as any other aspect of his people's end. Something sacred within him dies, and he gazes up as I have gazed at you. And only now do I appreciate your lesson. Damn. Yeah. So... They just went nuclear. Yeah. Like, it actually says here, a sunset of atomic fire scrubs all but lichen from the arid globe. Yeah. So, like, so apparently, they got real mad, and they just... <laughs> Understatement. He pushed them to just nuclear destruction, and this kid, Oon, is the only one who survived... How? Fucking how? Is he the one that hit the button? I, I have no clue. How does this kid survive? Plot armor? Plot armor, give me a break. <laughs> Although, like, he doesn't survive for long. Oh my god. Like, it, it says here, you know, and he demands, then implores, then begs. He prostrates himself on the floor, his carapace racking with convulsions, as if morning milks the sorrow from his flesh. Wow. Like, he's not doing well anymore? Mm-hmm. He's not the, the final survivor for long. No. But, like, I wonder what the last, like, ending... Like, the way Rolk speaks to him with only now do I appreciate your lesson of, like, this is what I've created. It's like Rolk has now been through the entire cycle of, like, pushing a planet to utter destruction. He's He's been through the entire experience from start to finish. Mm-hmm. 
and now has a disciple of his own, like gazing up at him. So, yeah, it's kind of wild. But so now this kid is looking up at him like Rolk looks up at the witness. And it's like, oh, my God, maybe not so devout, but yeah. I don't know. Like, those are big old. Well, because like it, it says here, you know, but he is the first to stand and face me. He dashes hate against me and breaks. I don't know. It says something sacred within him dies and he gazes up as I have gazed at you. Oh. Like, it's that this is the moment where all of his people died and he sees the big bad like thing from another planet realizing this is what's shaped his entire life realizing that this is his entire purpose his greater purpose you know this is the thing that made him a monster and that understands him in everything this is this is the witness to him to this kid yeah this is like rolk is to this kid as the witness was to rolk from that entire lore book that we read like this is just a mirror of that lore book yeah it's just told from the other perspective yeah and not entirely successful but i mean yeah but it's close though yeah i think but also you see it now from that perspective of like rolk was really like kind of detached from it all like he was proud but he wasn't yeah because he was just doing it for the witness so was the witness really doing it for something else could be we both have thought that the witness is doing it for something else we don't think the witness is the big bad no like i i think that the witness is the big bad for this arc cycle for this this story but i i don't think it's the ultimate big bad for lightfall yeah this specific story is essentially like you said it's it's the same as the shattered sun's lore book it's just told from the other perspective and that's kind of refreshing i think it's uh it's nice to have that other perspective because we don't always get that with lore books um right and so it's nice to have it i'd like i i was about to i was about to bring up the whole like dredging your story no oh. I wouldn't have even thought about that, <laughs> honestly. Because, well, like, it's it's two opposing forces, but, like... I mean, true. You don't yeah. really get much of Dredgen Yor's perspective. You always see it from, you know, Shin or... You know, it's like, it's... it's you don't always get both perspectives, is what I'm getting at. True. And having it here actually helps us understand the character more yeah right so so (laughs) did you like it this part of the book i did oddly enough i kind of liked it too i mean it's rough oh my god like it's oh my god it is very violent i was not expecting it since i had not read it before this is like honestly, I have not read it. This was my very first read through through this, and and like I read it when I f- when it first came out, like I first earned the armor, right? 
but that was a, almost a full year ago. Mm-hmm. Like I've since forgotten it. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty shocking. Oh, it was. Um, it was good. It was, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. I can't wait to read the Warlock stuff next time. Right. I think it'll be good. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, so, Orchid, shout outs? Huh. Um, uh, you always say shout outs and I never have any prepared and then I panic because I always forget that we have shout outs coming up and I always forget even though we always have them and I should like have them prepared and then I don't. Um, uh, 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 panic. Shout out to, uh, to Skimmy, um, who is the one in charge of, uh, of ghost Sydney and is trying to set all of that up. Um, she is, um, She's in Australia and does a lot of the ghost meetups. Um, I think she does all of them, <laughs> but she, she just she does a lot of the ghost meetups in Australia and she works really hard on them. Um, it's kind of her baby. So shout out to her because we had like a long discussion about uh, ghosts and oh, we're trying to get together in uh, Brisbane in a couple of months to hang out but yeah you can find her on twitch at skimmy2 s-k-i-m-m-y-t-w-o or you can find her on twitter at the same place she's very nice she's super awesome so go follow her on twitter that's my shout out okay you have a shout out for myself um it's gonna be really stupid, but shout out to you and and Rendell. Oh, that is stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> Just kidding. That's really nice. Thank you. Um, like I'm I'm glad to finally be back into the habit of doing this. Oh. Even though it's only you know the first one since the new year, and uh, there was also the fact that like over the the holiday, I I got some nice things from from those people for you know for the actual holiday in the mail mm. so I, I appreciate it I like it. sending out cards and stuff yeah I'm glad I could send you a Christmas card <laughs> it, it definitely brought a smile to my face oh good that I, I was not expecting that day yay so I, I definitely appreciate it mm. yay it's good I'm glad so, this is the part of the episode we like to give special thanks. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindel Zivas. You can find him on Twitter, at Rindel Zivas. The artwork and music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. At this point, I just kind of wait for it. No. (laughs) Um, And final reminders. You can find us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore, at Hey It's Orchid, or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. 
You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a five-star review wherever you find the podcast. And you know what? Why don't you just jump into our Discord? The invite's in the episode description, but if you want to type it out, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Orchid. Say goodnight. What? Good night. Take care. Bum, bum, bum. Bye. <laughs> Otters. Otters. Nailed it.